Join Sayla, host of Sayla Speaks Podcast, broadcasting live each Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Log in to hear information, inspiration, and interconnection. Broadcasting from Fishbowl Studios in the DFW Metroplex. Saturdays, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sayla Speaks on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. family and welcome once again to Sela Speaks. Well, as you can see, I'm here alone again. Sela uh, uh, Selene uh, is uh, down with a bug and um, that kind of prompted me to talk about something I'm going to talk about today. But first, let us get into a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we bless you this day, giving you all the praise, all the honor and all the glory. Father, we come to magnify your name. And, Father, magnify your name in this world, magnify your name in us, Father. We ask that you will decrease me, Father, that your word may come forth and that it may increase in abundance, Father, that the hearers that are seeking to hear will hear. It is in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray. Amen. Family, I've been doing a little thinking here just recently, in the last day or so. Due to some circumstances that have come up, we've seen a lot of things that are going on, and we all have seen a lot of things that are going on in this world. So I'm led today to talk about who God is, who we are in him, and also who we are in this world. That's what I've been led to talk about today. So we'll start out with God, first and foremost. God is our Father. He's the creator of all things. The Word of God speaks of Him creating all things in the beginning. It says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by the Word of God. And there was nothing made that was made without the Word. I love that scripture. When I got into the Bible, really, really, really got into the Bible, back in my 30s, early 30s, that's the first book of the Bible that the Lord led me to, which was the book of John. 
And the word of God just came alive to me. God came alive to me. Jesus Christ came alive to me. I saw him in a way that I have never seen. I had never seen him before. And I always go to that scripture when I want to realize the, divin- the divinity of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. But in the beginning, God did create the world. But he said, let us do this. Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Word, and Holy Spirit. So, Father, I thank you today as we talk about who you are and who you are in Christ. Because Christ, as you state in your word, is the express image of the invisible God. I just love that. The express image. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. My Father and I are one. I just love that so much because of the unity in the Godhead. God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit. And the Word was made flesh. Hallelujah. And he dwelled among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten Son of God full of grace and truth it's amazing he came to walk on this earth the same way that we do and he did it the same way that we do he was tempted on all points we're talking about our lord and savior jesus christ he was tempted on all points as he walked in a fleshly body even as we are yet without sin I just love him that he was able to walk this earth and he was able to fulfill every prophecy, every word that was spoken of him in the flesh. That is the words that were spoken of him that would be fulfilled in the flesh. He fulfilled each and every one of them to the letter. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. I love him. And I know that he loves me. I know that he loves us because of the things that he's done so that we may know him. So that we may know him. He went through the length of coming from heaven. That is the word of God. See, the father spoke the word. The father is a steward of his words, right? And because the things that we steward, the things that we guard in, the things that we speak, the things that come forth out of us, we are fathers of those things. We are the initiators, the creators of those things. So Jesus coming out of him, that is the word of God coming forth out of the father, is nothing less than the Father fathering his word, which was made flesh. That is how we beheld his glory as the only begotten Son, because the Father fathered the word, which became flesh. Hallelujah. I just thank the Lord for who he is. I thank him for the glory that he's displayed. I thank him for the glory of the heavenlies that he's displayed. He's given us everything we need to know and everything we need to see to testify of who he is. And who he is to us. Oh, he's a glorious God. He's a precious God. He's a loving God. He's a gracious God. And he's a kind God. I'm telling you, and now, don't get me wrong. He's all those things. But he's also a God that is a just God. He will judge the living and he will judge the dead. But he has been so gracious He said, if I be lifted up from this earth, on this cross, he said that I will draw all men unto me. That is who he is. He saves us as a gift to us. It is by grace that we're saved, through faith. And he even gives us the faith to be saved. And it is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. And it's not of ourselves because we will boast We have nothing to boast about because it is not of works 
It's not of works. It is of faith. It is that substance that he hands to us that we cannot see. It is that place that he's put in us and that thing that he's put us in, that yearning and that affinity toward him that he puts in us to yearn for him. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And not only that, he walked this earth and he shed his blood on our behalf. The word of God said he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Through the things that he suffered. It was a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. But he was the pace setter for us. He showed us that it could be done because he knew that when he left this place and ascended back to glory, that we were going to be subject to the things of this world. And he let us know that he did it. And so can we. That is with his power, with his strength, with our faith, we can do what he did. Nevertheless, not us, but the power of Christ that is in us. Jesus, <laughs> Yeshua, Almighty God, come here, die to death. He was, his body was laid in a tomb for three days and three nights, even as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three or the fish or whatever you want to call him, a large fish for three days and three nights, even as he was in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. But he said, I will be raised from the dead. The same power that raised him from the dead is the same power that can quicken our souls, that can change us to a new creature. When he came out of the grave, he came out of the grave with all power in heaven and earth in his hands. You say, well, how can the son have all power in heaven and earth in his hands? Because it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell. That's the unity of the Godhead. The father, the son, who, who displayed all power in heaven and earth. Who's the one who was able to take the scroll out of the hand of the Father and reveal not only the past, the present, but the future of this world. The end of time, the consummation of the age and eternity. All these things are revealed through Jesus Christ who is the spirit of prophecy. God gave us a glimpse in the heaven. He even showed us even in the Old Testament through the book of Daniel. And even in the New Testament through the book of Revelation and many other books that spoke on this wise. He gave us a picture of heaven. He gave us, he showed us things to come. He showed us all the way through each different, each, each different government that would come when he prophesied through Daniel. The Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian, the Roman Empire. And then that last kingdom that should come to consummate the age. A mighty God, a loving God. The word of God says that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for them. But then it goes right into the next verse to say that, but now it has been revealed to us by his spirit. You see, man knows the things of man only by the spirit of man that is in him. And likewise, man cannot know the things of God, but by the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit dwells in him. See, Jesus is the true vine, and those that are members of his body are the branches. Originally, the children of Israel, 
were the true branches. And now he has grafted in whosoever will come. He's grafted them into the true vine. So he is the vine. We're the branches. And we in him produce much fruit. The fruit of the spirit. And I thank God. He's so gracious. And his ways are beyond imagination that is human imagination. But godly imagination doesn't have to be imagined because he has revealed it unto us by his spirit. What an awesome God. What a mighty God we serve to reveal himself to us the way he has. To to nurture us the way he has. To come while we were in sin and to give himself as a ransom for sin. To purge our sin and to give us of his spirit. The word of God says that it is by one spirit that Jesus Christ baptizes us into his body. And he gives us the drink of that one spirit. Hallelujah. And I said in a previous podcast, these words that he speaks are spirit and they are life. When we take of the Lord's Supper, it's not a simple matter of breaking bread. It's symbolic of the fact that his body was broken and his body being broken was a symbol. It was symbolic of the fact that he is the bread of life that was broken and it was disseminated to whosoever will feast on the living word of God. We drink of that wine as it were, but it's symbolic of that blood, that new covenant that that was established in his blood upon his death, a new will and a new testament. So when we drink of the blood, it's also drinking of life. The blood is the life of the flesh, but the spirit is the life of our inner man, of our, of our spirit. It's all about Jesus Christ revealing himself to us as the savior of the world, as the Lord of all, as the mediator between God and man and the Holy Spirit, our awesome intercessor, interceding on our behalf with groanings, with words that are in the spirit, they cannot be uttered by mankind. Spirit to spirit, God to God. Hallelujah, interceding on our behalf. What an awesome God we serve. That's who God is. Who are we in him? We're sons, we're daughters of God. He said, if you believe on him in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Saved? Well, saved from what? Saved from Eternal separation from him. A gift of being in his presence throughout all eternity. The word of God said, if you have the son, you have life. And if you don't have the son, you do not have life. The life is in the son. Eternal life is in the son. He says that when he seals you with his Holy Spirit, he seals you unto the day of the redemption of the purchased possession. What is that purchase possession? The purchase possession is that fact that he purchased our bodies in his own blood. He purchased, he, he, he gave, or shall I say, paid the penalty of sin, for sin, in his own blood. The wages of sin is death, and he endured the death on our behalf. The gift of God is eternal life. We're saved by grace through faith unto Good works, not by good works, but unto good works. We ought to walk in them. Therefore, therefore, as I said earlier, you can't boast in them because you have to be led by the Spirit in order to fulfill the, the desires of the Spirit. That's being led. We don't have, uh, as a word, without being derogatory, we don't have sense enough, natural sense enough 
to walk in the Spirit. But when we're led by the Spirit, we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I liken sometimes, or uh, the fact is I just thought about it on the way here today, uh, it's like uh, an example of a computer where you have multiple hard drives. I'm going to call one of them an F drive, a flesh drive. <laughs> I'll call the other one an S drive, a spirit drive. If you, are, if you are searching, logging into your F drive, then you're going to fulfill the desires of the F drive, the things of the world, the nature of the world, the desires of the world, information of the world, being led by the things of the world, of the flesh. But if you log into that S drive, the spirit drive, then the spirit will give you the things of God. He will lead you in the ways of God. He will give you revelation of the things of God. We find ourselves because we're in this world logging into that F drive day after day after day. And before we even knew that there was an S drive, we were shaped and we were formed by the F drive. From a child, from a baby, even from, even from conception. Because the fact that when Adam fell, mankind fell with him. We inherited the sin of Adam. And the only reversal of that is through Jesus Christ and the price that he paid on our behalf. He ransomed us from the penalty of sin. But yet and still we find ourselves with both drives, with the flesh and the spirit. And we're in this world, even though we're children of God, if so be that we have received the spirit of the living God. Because he said, if any man receive the spirit of God, he is a new creature. He is sealed by the spirit of God. And some ask, can't I lose my salvation? <laughs> and I know this is a controversial subject, but I would dare say, no. You didn't find it in the first place. When you were born a natural birth, can you go back into your mother's womb and be unborn? I dare say not. Jesus has always given us a natural picture of everything. A natural picture of a spiritual reality. No, you cannot reverse your natural birth. When Jesus bursts you into his body, that is his decision. Yeah, I get it. There are people that go around and say, oh, I've been born again. <laughs> and you see them do all sorts of things and backslide and unfaithful and, and come and confess, oh, I backslid and I did this and one thing or another. I get that. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the job that Jesus does, not what we perceive that we have done. I doubt him not when it says that he adds to his body daily. He adds. He knows the beginning from the present, from the end. He knows all things. You can't game Jesus. You can't game the Holy Spirit. You cannot game salvation. That is why he is the judge. Not us. He is the judge. Because when he saves you, you're saved. <laughs> there is no repentance of his gift. Because salvation is a gift. A gift from God. And he gives you that gift 
when you are ready to receive that gift according to his word, according to faith, according to grace, according to an eternal sealing. He seals you until the day that he exchanged your natural body for a glorified body and throughout all eternity. That is eternal life. How dare I dispute or question Jesus on what he calls eternal? Oh, I can go into scripture and use my natural mind and try to find ways to dissect that and, and negate that or contradict that. But I start with his promise. I seal my thoughts and my spirit and my heart in his promises. And I start there. And I make everything else line up. And I don't have to do much making. Because it's by faith. It's by grace. It's by a spiritual discerning. He said the word of God is foolish to those who are not discerning it in the spirit. That's one thing I love about God. Salvation is foolproof. <laughs> foolproof. So those that doubt him, those that want to say, well, what about those that are not faithful to the end? I didn't say that he sealed all who are not faithful to the end. He knows who he has sealed. And when he seals them, that's a final transaction. <laughs> that's final. Final. And now it's time to get to work. Because he has preordained, predestined that we should walk in good works. We're to be a living epistle. He chose us. And we're predestined to have eternal life. As many as have Christ Jesus abiding in them, living in them, being baptized into his body, being a branch in the vine. Abiding in him and him abiding in you. If you have the son, you have life. Eternal life. Well, what about sin? He paid the penalty for sin. But what if I do sin? He says, confess it. Agree with him concerning our shortcomings. Just agree with him and let him cleanse you. Let him forgive and cleanse you. That's his job. That's his territory. That's his promise that he'll do that. My little children, I write to you that you sin not, but if you do, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the holy, sinless Son of God. That's who we are in him. We're children. We're saved from sin. We're saved from death. Because he has the keys of death and of hell. Satan has no more reign over us when it comes to life and death. Jesus has the power over life and over death. Oh grave, where's your sting? Excuse me. Death is the stinger. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where's your victory? <laughs> We know that we have the victory in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So who we are, who are we? We're children of God. If, we, if so, we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit of the living God. 
We are living epistles. We walk as he walked. We talk as he talked. Can we do that perfectly? I say not. But we're constantly seeking after the kingdom and his righteousness. And he continues to renew our mind. He continues to remove, re- renew our walk. He continues to mature us, to nurture us from milk to solid food to a balanced diet. Yes, he has, a, he has work for us to do. And it is not a natural work. It is a spiritual work. That is what we are here for. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We are as strangers in a land that is not our own. Because he has promised us a new heavens and a new earth. New heavens. New heavens and a new earth. He's promised that there will be a new Jerusalem. He promised us that there will be a millennial reign where we shall reign with him for a thousand years. He promised us that there shall be a new heaven whereby Jesus, the word of God, shall fold up the existing heavens as he would a garment and lay out a brand new universe. What a beautiful God. Sin has caused a stain. But God himself will remove the stain. And we shall have eternal life in his presence. Oh, glory and full of glory. Now let's talk about the fact that we are in Christ not even male and female. Because we're talking spirit. In Christ there is no male and female. There's no Jew. There's no Gentile. When Jesus died, shed his blood, when he was resurrected from the dead, When he ascended to the right hand of the power on high, he led captive everything that had held us in captivity. He took everything captive. Everything captive. So now we're free to rest in him. Fear not. But nevertheless, we're in these earthly bodies and we're subject to the things of this world. We have been programmed into our F drive a lot longer than we've been programmed into our S drive. And we're constantly warned, flesh against spirit. He's he's told us, he's commanded us to put on the whole arm of God. Salvation, righteousness, truth, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and fight the good fight of faith. We find ourselves in a situation that Jesus found himself in. The apostles found themselves in. The disciples found themselves in. What is that situation? Jesus was tempted on all points, yet without sin. We are tempted on all points, yet with sin. We find ourselves in a situation in this world, living in an earthly body, waiting for the glorified body that we shall be clothed on with. But until such time, we're subject to the things of this world. It rains on the just and the unjust. And sometimes an immature Christian, even sometimes mature Christians, ask why. Why must I endure the same thing that the world endures? Why does it rain on me the same way it rains on the world? (laughs) 
God wants to show the world, even that he's there with, even as he did with Jesus Christ, tempted on all points, but endured all temptation and showed the glory and the power and the majesty of God. He says the things that we go through, we go through them as a testimony to those who may be going through the same things. He only allows us to be tempted to the extent that we can bear it. He said with every trial, with every temptation, with every sickness, with every disease, there's a means, a way by which we may escape it. There's always a realm, as it were, in the bush. He says we're living sacrifices. And we're to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. Yes, when these earthly bodies and we will suffer persecution. He says, don't worry about it because I, your master, your God, your Lord, your savior, I, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, I, the word of God was tempted. I endured suffering and I learned obedience. I proved obedience. I showed obedience even through the death on the cross. And I've had many followers after me that have endured much suffering, but they endured it with joy, with joy, because they knew that they knew that they knew that I was in them and that they were in me. Oh, yes, in the book of Revelation, I hear the souls that were under the altar saying, Oh, God, holy and true, how long will it be before you take vengeance? On those who are destroying the earth. And he gave those souls who were conscious. Who, were, who, had, who had left their bodies. And were present with him. Under the altar. Conscious. Of things that were going on around them. Conscious of things that were happening on the earth. He says. I will give you these white robes of righteousness. But rest just a little while longer. To those who shall be healed, should be fulfilled, even as you were killed. Death <laughs> has no more dominion. Oh, on earth, it looks like death takes a toll. I'm seeing loved ones uh, of friends and, and brothers and sisters in Christ uh, passing on from this life into the presence of God. But he said that at that last trumpet, the sound of that trumpet, he shall descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. <laughs> and the dead in Christ shall rise first. He says, they that sleeping him will he bring with him. What a mighty God. How can you bring them with him? Or shall I say, how can he bring them with him if they are not with him? I love the fact the revelation shows a number that no man could number around the throne of God. <laughs> but at the same time, it speaks of a heavenly kingdom and an earthly kingdom. It speaks of a new heaven and a new earth. Some think we go to heaven and we just stay there for eternity. But God has a design for a new heaven and a new earth wherein righteousness dwells. He said, I will be the light of it. 
and the word of God, Jesus Christ himself, will be the lamp. There will be no need for the sun. You see, the natural things that we know of, it's not the way it was meant to be in the beginning. We find ourselves in a world, in a natural body. He says there is an earthly body from the earth earthly, but there is a heavenly body from heaven heavenly. <laughs> I know that there is a belief that God is going to take these that dust <laughs> from the earth. He's going to take the ashes that have gone to ashes and the dust that have gone to dust and reform it into a glorified body. Dust to dust. <laughs> There's a body not made with hands from heaven, heavenly. Not tainted by this world, nor the things of this world. Even if we are alive and remain, we shall be changed. He doesn't need this natural body. Oh, but what about Jesus? He still had nail-scarred hands. <laughs> he still carried on what he carried on. I didn't say we would not be recognizable, but I did say that there's a heavenly body and there's an earthly body. I won't get into debate on it. I'm just speak, speaking what the Word of God said. And I start with his word. I start with his truth. And I line everything else up with it. I don't start with my thought process. I don't start by picking things apart and then trying to line them up and try to line those up with the word of God. I start with his alignment. And then it's like a magnetic attraction. It starts attracting truth. Attracting truth, attracting truth by one witness and two witnesses and three witnesses and one precept and two precepts and three precepts and on and on until I know that I know that I know that his word is true. That is true. And I thank God for covenants. I thank him for the new covenant. I thank him for the revelation under the new covenant. He said that he had revealed himself. He had spoken to us. In many times or at many times and in many ways and in many forms. But in these last times, he says that he has spoken to us in son. In son. He was in son. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not counting our sins against us. <laughs> what a... Awesome. What an awesome God. What a loving God. What a gracious God. So in this world, who are we? Yes, we are God's children in this world. But we are subject to the things of this world. Sickness. Disease. Oh, I'm sure I can name uh, off, or shall I say, I can pretty much say that some of you have prayed for someone who was sick and they got worse. I can dare say that some of you prayed for someone to live and they died. <laughs> I've been there and done that. And sometimes we doubt because we're not lining up the word of God 
with our expectations. I mean, let me, let me repeat that. We're trying to line up the word of God with our expectations rather than taking the word of God and lining up with its expectations. Jesus said, the things that I say, I say them because the Father has spoken those things to me to say. A sign of a false prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of God and it does not come to pass. But that's not the same as praying for something and it does not materialize in the way that you want it to materialize. That means that if you say, I heard God, God spoke to me, and these are the words that he spoke, and I am speaking on behalf of God using the words that he spoke to me, and you speak those words saying, thus said the Lord to me to say to you, then you better be darn certain that you heard the word of God. Because if that does not come to pass, then you're considered a false prophet. I don't sit here and say, God specifically told me to tell you what I told you today. I have an unction, and if you know the word or have studied the word, even like Jesus, he didn't name the books, the chapters, and the verse. But if you knew the word, you know that he was speaking from the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That's why when I speak, I tend to speak using scripture, even though I'm not giving you chapter and verse. If you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, if you are seeking God, if you know God, you know his word. It says his sheep know his voice. It may sound like me, but it goes into your spirit because you know him. He knows you. You know his voice. You know the difference between what I am saying and what the spirit of the living God is saying. You know the difference if you're hungering and if you're thirsting after righteousness. You shall be filled to overflowing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down even in the midst of what I'm going through in this world. Even in the midst of what the body of Christ is going through in this world, he maketh us to lie down, to rest, to cast our cares on him, to come unto him, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and he will give you rest. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth they that are led by the Spirit of God. These are they that are the sons and the daughters of God. He leadeth me beside not turbulent waters, <laughs> but the still waters of the Holy Spirit that fills us, that speaks to us, that guides us, that directs us, that loves us, that demonstrates spirit and power. <laughs> None other than the spirit and the power of the living God with truth and line everything else up with it. He leaded me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. Restored 
through his blood, through his resurrection, through his spirit, through his baptism, through his ascension in the heaven as the high priest and Lord of all. And now he's interceding on our behalf, the behalf of his bride. Interceding on behalf of those who are holy. Who's holy? He said, by one sacrifice has he perfected. I'm not asking you what I feel, what I think, what I believe. He said, by one sacrifice has he perfected, or he has perfected them that are sanctified. Them that are made holy by his baptism. Them that are in Christ. Them that are set apart, separated as sons and daughters for his service. Ambassadors of Christ. Children of Christ. Branches in the vine, in the true vine. Supping with him and him supping with them. He says, I will restore your soul. <laughs> restore it. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. He restores your soul. He leads you in the path of righteousness. They that are led by the Spirit of God, these are they that are the sons and the daughters of God. Hallelujah. He said, I will lead you in the path of righteousness. It says, Yea, do I walk through the yea, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? We are in this world. We are subject to the things of this world. Walking through this valley of the shadow of death. Shadow, because Jesus has all power over death, hell, and the grave. It's just a shadow. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God has come that we may have life, not death, but life, and have it abundantly. So, yea, <laughs> do I walk through the valley of the shadow, the shadow of death. I will not fear evil, for he has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I will not fear evil. Why? Because he's with me. Not only is he with me, he's in me. And his rod and his staff. He's my shepherd. He guides me. He keeps me in the path of righteousness. He guides me. He directs me. That's what he does. And when I say me, I'm speaking of the body of Christ. I'm speaking of the children of the living God. I'm speaking of they who have been sealed by his spirit into the body of Christ, into the body of believers. Those that will be his bride, those who he's espoused to, those who will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. <laughs> Those, when it speaks of judgment, is speaking of a judgment whereby he will give them rewards for those works that shall stand. All of our works will be tried, and only those that can't be burned, that can withstand fire, will pass through the fire. And we will pass through the fire. We'll pass through the fire. And we'll escape the fire. Right? That's because of the salvation of Jesus Christ will escape. It will not harm us. We shall not be harmed by the judgment that shall come upon the, unri on the un unrighteous. We'll never call sinners in the Bible once we're saved. We'll call saints. 
Know your identity. Know your identity. You may say, I'm a sinner saved by grace, but no longer are you a sinner, even though you little children, even though you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Know your identity. Know your heirship. Know that you are a kingdom citizen. Know that you are a king and a priest in the kingdom. Know that you have rights. Know that you have power in the name of Yeshua. Know these things. Believe these things. Stand on these things. It's not what I mentally consent to. It's what I know in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit, in my inner man. We have to walk as he walked, by faith and not by sight. So we find ourselves with a mighty God. We find ourselves with a God that knows us and has revealed himself to us. And we find ourselves in Christ, sealed into the body of Christ, ambassadors in this world, children of the living God, citizens of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, that wonderful counselor again, that mighty God. He shall be known as the everlasting father. He shall be known as the prince of peace. The government shall be on his shoulders and his kingdom shall be no end. So, yeah, the sufferings of this age, I reckon they're not to be compared to eternity. Because this life is like a mist that comes and goes. It's hard to believe that I'm 65 years old and soon to be 66 years old in a month. Time flies, as they say, when you're having fun. And I thank God that I'm in the kingdom of the living God. So I reckon that the sufferings of this age are not to be compared with the glory and the bliss of eternity. When I was a child, I used to fear death, thinking that I would be in utter darkness and unconsciousness forever. Now I can say that death has no more sting. <laughs> to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the glory of God, of my Savior, has been revealed. His secret places have been revealed. Those things that have been hidden and that had been long to be looked into by those that preceded the church, of the church, the body of Christ, have been revealed to us by the Spirit. God is awesome. He's gracious. He's kind. The things that we go through in this world, the heartache, the sufferings, the divorces, the sins that are committed, abortions, we find ourselves in, in uh, the ways of the world that God has spoken uh, not positively about. But he says that when you get to the point that you ignore him, deny him for long enough, he will give you over to a reprobate, a reprobate mind. And when you are given over to a reprobate mind, you start to do things that are uncomely and unseemly. You start to do the things according to the F-drive on steroids and everything counts and everything goes. He said in his word, and I won't say it, that it's my opinion, 
but the word says that when they were given over to a reprobate mind, men start burning with passion for men and women start burning with passion for women and doing things that were not intended from the very beginning. But God is a gracious God. He's a loving God. He's a kind God. Hunger, thirst after him, and you shall find him. Seek him while he's available to be found. Call upon his name before it's everlasting. Too late. He says he stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. And if any man will open the door of his heart in faith, he said he'll come in and he will sup with you. He will dine with you. He will live with you. He will guide you. He will fire up your S-drive and he will start to renew your mind. He will make you a new creature in Christ. Your inner man will be renewed. And yes, you'll still have an F-drive along with your S-drive. But God says, tune in, log in to your S-drive. Spend time there. Spend time with him and let him renew your mind, renew your heart, renew your soul, and renew your spirit. I thank you for listening. I'm going to take a short break and I'll come back with a closing. Podcast broadcasting live each Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Log in to hear information, inspiration, and interconnection. Broadcasting from Fishbowl Studios in the DFW Metroplex. Saturdays, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sailor Speaks on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. <laughs> 